Welcome to Collective Conversations. I'm Suzanne Jones, and in today's program, I catch up with Luke Foster, an experienced clinical psychologist who specialises in providing counselling services primarily in the male-dominated environments. Luke's well known for his conversational and relatable therapeutic approach. Luke's current passion is bringing the latest in academic research to life through the provision of evidence-based practices that enhances people's lives with a particular focus on supporting the diverse mental health needs of men so they can become more proficient partners, fathers, sons, brothers and friends. He is the mental health professional for Livin' and co-founder of Mantle. Today's conversation is about how we're feeling and coping in the lead up to Christmas, especially given the year it's been. Luke talks about how to recognise when we may not be coping mentally and when to seek professional help before it reaches crisis point, how to navigate Christmas get-togethers and his take on the pressures of social media. And of course, what he's giving his mum for Christmas. I pick up the conversation in asking Luke about knowing when things are getting a little out of control. Well, just to go back a little bit, it's so interesting. I hear so many people talking about this lack of control and how they've had no control over over so many different parts of their life. I've reflected on that a lot because I've got a lot of clients that have said that too. You know, I've got no control over over my life I've got no control over what's happening and I gently challenge them and just say what's one thing you do have control over and usually I'm met with cricket as in they don't usually say anything but with a couple more cratic questions they eventually say you know one thing I do have control over is how I respond to the situation so I harp on about it all the time but this notion of self-care is so important always and it's been no different this year people's self-care strategies that is how they manage themselves how they truly manage what matters might have changed but one thing people always have control over even when you feel like you don't have control is how they respond to situations how they manage themselves so i think that's really important people are throwing out this idea that they've had no control but one thing they do have control over is managing themselves so Working out different self-care strategies to, to get you through different situations is probably something important for people to reflect on moving forward, but also to reflect on how they've managed to cope throughout this year, what's worked for them so they can use those strategies in the future when they're met with difficult circumstances. Now, in terms of some of the, the signs, the, the indicators that you might be tracking so well, I could speak to you for... 50 minutes, even longer, Suze, about the different warning signs and symptoms that could indicate that you're struggling. I think once a good friend of mine, we got on a, a whiteboard and we started to write down some of the different warning signs and symptoms. And when we got to about 50 of them, we went, let's stop now. There's so, so many and warning signs and symptoms are, are different for the different people. But I think the, the best indicator that you're not tracking so well is any change in what is typical behaviour for, for you or if you're reflecting on someone else's life and whether or not they might be struggling, any change in what is typical behaviour for that person could be an indicator that you or that person isn't tracking so well and could definitely be a, a prompt to reach out for some professional support or if it is somebody in your life who you're worried about, 
definitely an invitation to reach out and just check in with them and see how they're doing. That's interesting when you talk about the control and, of course, yes, we do have control on how we respond to it. But so many times we forget that because in the the rush of the moment we just flip out or go back to what we know, whereas it you know, it's a learned response as well, isn't it, where you've got to actually say, okay, well, next time this happens, I really should try doing this or this because what I'm doing now isn't working. Yeah, you're exactly right. So part of the challenge for people is developing this thing known as insight, or if you want to get real academic about it, psychological insight. So actually knowing your triggers, knowing when you might have been triggered, knowing when you might have blown off the, the handle or when you might be spiralling, however you want to term it, just understanding when you aren't tracking so well. Catch yourself, press pause, reflect on those coping strategies, those self-care strategies, and then implement something that's likely to serve you well. But you're exactly right. Part of it is actually knowing when you're not doing so well and catching yourself, pressing pause, and then reflecting on some of, the, some of those good, healthy, adaptive coping self-care strategies that make you feel better about yourself. That's not to say that your self-care strategies that you have in your little toolbox are always going to be effective. Sometimes they can be exhausted and you might be thinking to yourself, bloody hell, I've tried exercise, I've tried meditation, I've tried reaching out to a person who I usually confide in who makes me feel better about myself. Sometimes you you can exhaust your coping strategies that you know, that you understand, and it's at that point in time that you may need to reach out to a professional. And that's not to say that you're nuts or that you're incompetent, that you lack capability or anything like that. It just means that you might need to talk to somebody about refining or developing more strategies to help you through difficult circumstances. People have this this mindset that you need to be rocking in the fetal position in the corner of your room, bawling your eyes out before you access professional support. But sometimes it can be literally you've tried all the things that you know, all the things that you understand. They might have helped you somewhat, but you're still not where you want to be. So like anything in life, if you don't have the knowledge, the understanding, you reach out hopefully and try to learn a little bit more and professionals can help you to learn some more strategies to help you through difficult circumstances in life. It's interesting. We talk a lot about putting on the COVID kilos or we've never been fitter in COVID, so it's all this emphasis on our physical health, yet uh, the mental health seems to take that uh, backward seat, whereas Mm. both of them should be as important. Definitely, definitely. I've I've got a, a personal daily physical fitness routine, which I try to stick to most days. Don't get me wrong, some days I shy away from the things that are good for my physical fitness, but by and large, every single day I try and do something to work on my physical health. I do the same thing for my mental health as well. I have a routine. I have a a set of things or tasks that I do each and every day, or I try to, to the best of my ability each and every day that help my mental health. I view them very, very similarly. And I think working on your physical health, working on your mental health should involve the same level of commitment. 
What is it with uh, Christmas and New Year that, uh, you know, people seem to go mad and we've got to catch up for Christmas or we've got to do this before Christmas as though the world's going to stop and that puts a lot more pressure on everyone. So um, what are some of the um, triggers that we should be looking out for and also, you know, how can we cope during this time? It's really interesting, Sue. I've got, got a text message from my mum two days ago and she said, Oh, how's the Christmas Scrooge going this year? Are you getting excited about Christmas? And I gave it back to her and said, I'm not a Scrooge. I just, I get a little bit excited a couple of days out from Christmas. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not really thinking about Christmas Day at this point in time. I might be thinking about a, an upcoming holiday, but I don't, I don't tend to get too wrapped up in the, the hype of the Christmas period. I don't let it consume my life. I realize that today, which is what three or four weeks out from Christmas is just another day. So I'm very much a person who likes to, to live in the present. Don't get me wrong. It's great to dream. It's great to get excited about things. But if I get too caught up in the future, if I get too caught up in the past, it can sort of derail me a little bit. So I'm very much a, a live in the present kind of person. Well, I try to be and just put one foot in front of the other. And that helps me to cope. So perhaps that's some, some good guidance for people out there who are, who are scrambling, who are thinking to themselves, gosh, I need to get this done and that done. I need to do Christmas shopping and I need to plan the holiday and I need to, to do X, Y, Z. You know, if it starts overwhelming you, get your head out of the future, you start reflecting on last year's Christmas and what a hype it was and how stressful the end of the year was then get your head out of the past and just try your best to, to bring your attention back to the here and now and just slow everything down and take one step at a time, try to remain in the present moment, which is what I try and do and it tends to work for me most of the time. With self-care strategies and when there is this pressure coming up because, you know, you have to or you might have to catch up with people that you haven't seen for quite some time and you might not even like. So, um, you know, do you have to or how can you get through that if, you know, it's obligations with family commitments, um, mm. work commitments, etc.? <laughs> Such a funny question in terms of catching up with people who you don't want to catch up with. The simple response is, why would you catch up with people who you don't want to catch up with? But I understand there's some, there's some situations where it's, it's unavoidable, unavoidable. There's going to be people potentially at Christmas who you don't necessarily get along with. And there's going to be some work functions where you're going to bump into people who you don't particularly get along with. So I guess it might be unavoidable in some situations. My advice would be if you, if you don't need to catch up with people who you don't get along with or who don't make you feel good about yourself, then try to avoid it. If it is unavoidable, just hopefully gravitate towards people in those environments who do make you feel good about yourself. Don't be an arsehole, of course. Always try to share the love and, and be nice to people. But if there's certain people who you don't get along well with or certain people who make you feel crappy about your own life or don't necessarily make you feel good about yourself, be pleasant, put a smile on your face to try and gravitate towards those in your life who do make you feel good about yourself. Social connection and positive people in your life and talking to people who make you feel good about yourself is so vital for your mental health. 
Now, we know that um, statistics tell us that finances, uh, relationship breakdowns and a few other triggers, um, you know, really knock our mental health around and especially for men and uh, because Mm. they, you know, around this time because they seem to be left without having access to kids or, you know, holidays. It's all all happening. So um, how can blokes cope with things not going their way around this time when everyone else appears to be happy? It's really interesting. You raise a good point there, Suze. I, I read some research. Now, this is going on a fair few years ago now, so the, the statistics might have changed. But in in regards to relationship breakdown, so if men experience a relationship breakdown, the statistics suggest or the research suggests that they're six times more likely to take their own life. So a relationship breakdown is a really, really significant risk factor for men. So that's just a that's a bit of side commentary to your comments and, and your question. But I think it's really important for for men and for people just to take stock of how they're they're managing throughout this Christmas period. If they're not feeling so good, again, draw upon some of those things that make them feel good about themselves, those self-care strategies. Don't shy away from accessing professional support. But a really big thing, people often compare their own experiences to the experiences of other people. Now, that could be purely through conversation or they might dump on social media and start comparing their own life. In its entirety, we know ourselves better than most. So if we start comparing our own life in its entirety to the the lives of people on social media or the snippets of the experiences that other people tell us about in conversation, it's a really, really inaccurate comparison. We know our lives in its entirety, what we see on social media, what we get from brief conversation with others isn't necessarily necessarily a reality of their life. It's almost sometimes a, a positively skewed, false advertisement of their life. So if we start comparing our own life in its reality with the unreal nature of other people's lives, it can start to bring us down. And it's such an unfair comparison that I'd encourage people not to compare their own lives to the lives that they see other people experiencing or living on social media or the lives that people tell them that they're experiencing or living in conversation. It's just such an unfair comparison. And there's a famous saying, comparison is the thief of joy. So really, really important not not to compare your own life to the lives of others without all the information. Mm, perception as opposed to reality that um, happens. Yeah, yeah. The problem with social media, though, perception quickly becomes reality, particularly if you focus too heavily on social media, for example. That can also cause confidence, you know, your lack of confidence. You might be feeling really good about the, you know, the new outfit you've got or where you're going and all of that, and then you look on social media or someone just says something and your confidence plummets, and um, that can be pretty hard to pick yourself up from too. Yeah, it can be. It can be. But again, I mean... It's the plan. It's the plan you know yeah. to do your strategy and your triggers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, I just want to reinforce, I mean... If you're looking at social media and and you're 
you're jumping to the conclusion that the life that you see another person living as displayed on social media is reality, then you really need to check yourself. People are unlikely to, to put up a, an image of them with a cold sore on social media, for example. <laughs> I mean, who does that? How many likes are you going to get if you've got a massive cold sore and you're lifting your, your byline for your, your images? Hey, everyone, look how big my cold sore is. I mean, <laughs> it, just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. It's all positively skewed horseshit most of the time. And, uh, and there, is, there, there, is, there is a correlation, a, a causal relationship between the amount of time that you spend on social media and how shit you feel about yourself. So in essence, the more time you spend on social media, the greater the likelihood that you'll develop something like depression. There's enough research out there to suggest that that is a fact. Because it's the less Sorry, time. I'm harping on, I'm harping on no, no, about no, social but, media too much. No, but you're right because it's the less time you spend actually being in the present because, you know, the, you go to um, pubs or restaurants, cafes, how many people are on their phones not engaging in what's happening or they have to take that phone call? Is it really that important? I can tell you now I don't think it is because I don't have things like Instagram, I don't have things like Facebook and when I talk to my family, when I talk to my girlfriend, when I talk to some of my friends, it doesn't seem like I'm missing out on a hell of a lot. I might miss the odd bikini shot or I might miss the odd bloke riding a massive wave and, and getting an epic tube, but it or doesn't seem like I'm missing out on a Happy lot. Happy birthday. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing I do miss a lot. I don't, I don't get notifications about people's birthdays and I tend to miss a lot of birthdays. So. I shouldn't be so hard about social media. There are some benefits to social media, so I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm totally against the the whole concept. I just think people need to be to be mindful of their their social media usage, and when it starts to adversely affect you, put the screen down, close the laptop lid, go and do something that makes you feel better about yourself. Luke, um, it's been a really big year for you, but had Livin still, um, you know, was uh, doing some great work this year? Yeah, we've we've had a good year at Livin. It's been a it's been a challenging year. Don't get me wrong, but I think under the leadership of, of Casey, the the CEO, and just having a wonderful team has helped make this year a pretty successful and and to be frank, enjoyable year. We've done some some different things. We obviously developed our Live and Well online program. So we turned our regular face-to-face educational program into an online program, which was a massive project for Living to undertake. But that's been really successful and I've been heavily involved in the delivery of that online program. And I've got to meet some wonderful people and interact with some wonderful organisations who are prioritising preventative mental health initiatives in their organisation, which... I'm chuffed about. I think it's so important. We've also recognised the power of technology and there's a few exciting projects that, that we're working on that should come to light in the new year. So it's been a really, really good year for living. This year also saw the launch of Mantle. It did, which has been a long time coming. A number of Zoom calls, a number of conversations, a number of Heated conversations, not that it ever got aggressive or anything like that, but as you're developing a concept, developing a business, there's some, there's some challenging conversations, there's some challenging decisions that need to be made and 
I'm just chuffed that, that Mantle is now up and running. It's been almost two years in the making, but I think it's come at a, a perfect time and we're seeing it grow in popularity and so far so good in terms of client interactions and the number of sessions that clients are committing to and the outcomes from the preliminary research that I've conducted are really, really positive. So it's been it's been a joy of my year. Now, launching Mantle, absolutely. For those who haven't heard of Mantle or don't know the services that it provides and the gap in the market, can you explain that? And also how good it will be over the holiday break when you know places are closed, yet uh, Mantle will still be operational? Yeah, so the premise for Mantle, we started to, when I say we, it's myself and my, my two business partners, Dave Anthony and Dave Burrows, we started to look at some of the research around men's mental health and what we recognised was that it wasn't really a service provider out there that was wholly and boldly pitched towards males. So that was the first gap in the market that we identified. And then we started to dig further and further in, into the research and started talking some, to some key people in the men's mental health space, the, the likes of John McCready, Zach Seidler some wonderful people in the, the men's mental health space. And some of the research was telling us that, that the therapy for men that did exist was kind of missing the mark to an extent. And more and more men were getting the courage up to speak. But when they engaged with a mental health professional, it didn't necessarily meet their needs and wants a lot of the time. I think in about 45% of cases, men reach out to support, engage in that first session and then essentially give it the FU and never return to therapy again. So we thought, what's going on here? Another striking statistic that that really gave us the hurry along to get Mantle up and running was the fact that 60% of men who take their own life have actually accessed professional support in the past 12 months. And we thought, what is going on here? Maybe these guys, these really smart guys and girls, I should say as well, in the men's mental health space are onto something and therapy is missing the mark. So we've developed a purely online men's mental health practice that takes into consideration the needs and wants of men in therapy. All of our clinicians have 10 plus years experience in the men's mental health space, male-dominated environments. And they're all taken through what I like to think is a pretty robust onboarding training package where they learn how to best engage and keep men engaged in therapy. And so far, so good. Men seem to be coming back time and time again and seemingly getting some good outcomes from the services that we provide. Luke Foster, always a pleasure speaking to you. And, um, you know, uh, perhaps do a bit of Christmas shopping so your mum can't say you're a Scrooge. Yeah, I'll, I'll do some Christmas shopping and I might send some more upbeat Christmas-related text messages back to her with 150 different emojis so she thinks I'm excitable. Don't get <laughs> me wrong, in, in, the, in the days leading up to Christmas, I get really excited, but yeah, a bit premature from my mum, I think. It's live in the moment. Live in the moment, that's exactly right. I'm not a Christmas Scrooge. I'm just living in the moment. <laughs> living the life, as we have all living been this life. year. Yeah, we've got to be positive. And what? A, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't downplay how challenging 
year may have been for some people, but for those who are listening to me talking right now, hopefully you can reflect on the year and there's been some key learning points that, that you can take with you moving forward to live a healthier and better life. Yeah, so the great thing about Mantle is you literally visit our website, mantlehealth.com.au, have a look at our clinicians. There's bios for all of our clinicians. Such great diversity amongst our team, males, females, a wealth of experience across different areas. Pick a clinician who you think you'll get along best with. After all, finding that right fit is really, really important. And I dare say, if you read through all of our team's bios, there'll be somebody there who you'll, you'll be able to connect with. Collective Conversations is produced by Podcast Now. Podcastnow.com.au